Welcome to the MTR Network. We are back to discuss uh, a little film, a little uh, indie joint. I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, (laughs) uh, Rise of Skywalker, the ninth and final film in the Star Wars uh, Skywalker saga. I'm Shanna. I'm joined by the Doctor and Parrish. Say hello. Hello. Um, yeah, and we're going to get into all of the our reactions, the fan reactions, the critics' reactions and reception, so all of that stuff. So I will start with you, Doctor, since I think you saw it the most recently, right? Or, Pete, did you see yes. it again? Well, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Not yet, no. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I think Doctor saw it most recently. So what did you think? I enjoyed it, but I had some issues with it. It's not it's not the catastrophe that the fanboys online are declaring. It's not the untouchable, unassailable, you can't criticize it piece that other fanboys online are asserting. It was entertaining, but it you can tell, in my opinion, you can tell that their original intent was to tell a very different story. And that Carrie Fisher's death greatly derailed that. And what we got was them trying to pick up the pieces of that with the story beats they meant to touch on, but while trying to keep her in it because they wanted to resolve her story. And I think the film suffered a little bit because of it. And that, you know, that, that's not a shade to JJ or team. No one expected to Carrie. I'm sure Carrie didn't even expect Carrie to die the way she did. So, yeah. but that's my opinion. How about you, P? Um, I greatly enjoyed it. Um, so I tend to be really, <clears throat> excuse me, hypercritical of any movie I see, um, especially when I'm uh, passionate about it um, the first time I view it. So I always wait until I see it a couple of times before I really start, you know, talking about my opinions of it. So I, I fortunately um, had a chance because of a bunch of, you know, situations with the family, uh, ended up going to see it twice on Friday. Um, and the second time I went through it, um, some of the points where I was a little more critical in the first watching just kind of flowed by and I settled into the movie. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great end to, um, to the saga. Um, there were moments that were beautiful, um, in my opinion. Um, I do think that, because the, the like doc said because carrie fisher passed away unfortunately you know i think there were pieces that were missing um you know we knew the and we knew this was coming because you know the way they had set it up before you know the first movie was han's movie the second movie was luke's movie and the last movie was supposed to be leia's movie and it was just unfortunate that she passed away when she did um but other than that i mean there it's it it made me get really nerdy and want to go back and look at, you know, a bunch of stuff um, that I'd read before, um, stuff that I had in my library. And that's always a good sign for, for a Star Wars movie or any sort of Star Wars um, media. Yeah, I I mean, overall, I really liked it. And I think one thing that I've kind of seen people talk about is it being the conclusion of the trilogy and what I think people are kind of overlooking is it's not just the conclusion of a trilogy, it's a conclusion of nine movies. 
Like mm-hmm. it's it's a conclusion of everything that started back in 1977. So I think people are kind of coming at it unfairly because I think it stands alone on its own as a film, but it also has a huge job of tying up so many storylines. Um, that's one. Probably my biggest criticism of it is definitely you can tell that Carrie Fisher was supposed to have a larger role in this particular film, but also the one thing I read that was kind of like um, was that Ryan never knew that Ray, and we're spoiling, so spoilers, 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 um, Ryan did not know that Ray was supposed to be Palpatine's granddaughter. So I don't know if that is like a decision that J.J. made towards the end, you know, with Carrie's death and all that kind of stuff, or if it was just, something that he hadn't thought of at the time that Last Jedi was happening, which is a little bit surprising for me because I think that reveal is really powerful. Mm-hmm. And I think if we had seen little, a little bit more of that played up from the beginning, I mean, I think they definitely hinted at, and that's why everybody was like, is she a secret Skywalker? They definitely hinted that her lineage was important, but you know, it it definitely felt like th- at the last minute they were like Palpatine. <laughs> like, I know that, and I wonder if that's a, a change from the Leia thing. Yeah, Ian. Mc- I mean, Ian McDermott is still around, still got the voice, still got the presence, still can do the laugh, still can do the thing. <sighs> Why not? <laughs> no, it was great. I mean, it was so funny because we're in the theater. And I always usually go see it for the first time uh, with a friend of mine who she's actually, she's older than me. She's seen every single Star Wars in theaters since the first one. All right. Oh, um, right. Yeah. yeah. So, but she's also not somebody like who holds on to all that stuff the way I do. Like, so mm-hmm. every time we go see a movie together, she's always like, wait, like it was so funny. At one point she goes, wait, Kylo's Leia's son, and I was like, "Ma'am, <laughs> <laughs> did you did you forget to go back and rewatch the first two? I was like, "We we knew that. You knew that. <laughs> I was there when we found that out. <laughs> like, what are you talking about?" <laughs> so she, That's great. She cracks me up. So at one point, when uh, Ray immediately when she did the little lightning fingers, I was like, "Oh, she's related to Palpatine." <laughs> like, I was like, that's it. That's it right there. It's, it's, well, it's, for a minute, I thought it could be Dooku because he did it in the Clone Wars, but then I was like, nah, that would be kind of womp womp if it, it was Dooku's kid. So, yeah, I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, I, that's going to be the whole thing. She's like related to Palpatine, and now like the dark side is, you know, wooing her, seducing her. Like, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Now I know exactly where this is going. <laughs> And we get the dyad, which is a callback to the Clone Wars with the father, the son, and the daughter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Say it again. For those who are like, what's this dyad bullshit? If you had watched the Clone Wars, you wouldn't be freaking out saying that's just a made-up shit. This is from a TV show that was, when did Clone Wars air? 2008 to 2014? So a a decade-old show where we were introduced in season three to the father, the son, and the daughter who represent the ultimate balance of the Force. The son and the daughter are a dyad. 
<sighs> yeah, one was light, one was dark, and they needed that intermediary mm-hmm. in order to keep the balance alive. Yeah. The only difference here is that Palpatine is the opposite of the father. Instead mm-hmm. of tr- trying to keep them alive and keep the balance, he's trying to take their balance. Mm-hmm. And disrupt everything. Right. What was so funny was um, immediately when I, I was like, oh, uh, when she did spirit fingers, I was like, oh, Palpatine. And then um, when Kylo said Dyad, I don't know because Shanna's going to go back now that she has Disney Plus and watch all of your Star Wars cartoons. Don't worry. But I didn't know <laughs> anything about that. But immediately I thought back to Freddie Prince Jr.'s rant. Yeah, he went on. Well, he was like, "If you are paying attention and you knew (laughs) and you could see what they're, I'm not gonna spoil it for any of it. But if you knew, and I was like, "Ooh, Freddie Prince is. I know he's sitting in this theater like, yes, yes." (laughs) And he made a he made it uh, a note to say the person that told me this was Dave Filoni, who was second in command to George Lucas, basically his godson. Fred, Freddie be knowing. Freddie be knowing. I I just was like, I know he was sitting there like vindication. <laughs> and so you know, that was the that was the thing that 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 was one of the things I was like hypercritical of the first time I watched it. And then I settled in and I said, okay, so the dyad, so like Mortis and all of that. And then I really started thinking about it and said, Of course she's Palpatine's daughter. That's the only way that this was gonna work, right? Um and I wish that they had done a little bit more to 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 um, seed it in, like like you guys said. I don't know, you know, I I didn't read the article, so I don't know, you know. I'll take your word for it, Shanna, because you're my family. But um, you know, it, it just made perfect sense um, because Ben is the 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 grandson of the student. Of course, she would be the granddaughter of the teacher. Mm-hmm. And of course, both of them would be leaning towards the other side. Yeah. The whole time Ben is running away from the light. The whole time Ray is running away from the dark. Which Ryan kind of hinted at yeah. with that case for her. And that's what I think. I think so. The article I read was Ryan basically being like, what's interesting about the original trilogy is the moment when Vader says, Luke, I am your father. Because he was like, the minute Vader says that, it flips it. It makes the the choices that moving forward more difficult. Because now when you find out that this guy, your hero's father, is the villain, now he's not all bad. Now the story has like a depth. And so what he was saying about Ray is like, Ray's whole arc has been, who am I? Who am I? And finding, and she thinks that finding the answer to that is what's going to make it all fall into place and make it easier for her to know what she should do next. And instead, finding out the answer to that question flips it and now makes all of her choices that much harder. And I mean, even even if... I, I'm going to back up and say maybe Ryan and JJ did know that that's where they were going because Luke asked Ray in Last Jedi, who are you really? Mm-hmm. He's like, you didn't even hesitate to lean into the darkness. Who the fuck are you? 
So I feel like they were kind of dropping dropping hints even then. But I yeah, think what Ryan here. said was just that he didn't know that it was Palpatine. Like, I think he knew there was some deeper question that he had to be asking about who she was, but he didn't mm -hmm. know the answer, which I thought was surprising. Okay. Because okay. I know that they, they uh, I know a lot of people talked about how, you know, they, it, they made it seem like there was no connection between Ryan and JJ. And that absolutely is not the truth because they both talked about having a conversation, you know, after The Force Awakens came out and 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 going through collectively and, and trying to map this plot out. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, I, I find that surprising. Yeah. That, that's why I just wonder, like, if it was, you know, like, I think both of them knew that the, the, the question that they're asking all these movies is who is Ray? But I, I don't know if Ryan knew the answer to that question. And so I'm wondering when JJ came up with the answer to that question, you know? Mm -hmm. um, like, and we're in the process. But, and I wonder if it changed because of Carrie. Like if there was <laughs> another possibility. Yeah, see, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. I, would I it need to change because of Carrie? I don't think it would. Well, I yeah, but I just know that like Leia was supposed to have a bigger role. So I just don't know if like there were other I I don't know. I don't know enough about the the background and the possibilities of who it could have been other than Palpatine. Yeah, it'll be interesting to hear, you know, after the fact, you know, what people say about the the making of the uh, of the movie and then I, the smart thing would be is just to, to, for nobody to say anything and just say fuck all of y'all. But that's just me. Um, Speaking but, of, I mean, there was recently just a thing where like uh, JJ was saying at something where um, he was just like, yeah, so we just knew that they were like, people are polarized, like people really love it, people really hate it. And he was like, they're all right because we knew that every single choice we made that there were going to be some people who absolutely loved it and some people that absolutely hated it. So everyone's right <laughs> but actually so we'll get to this but jj i think i think he's honest about that i think he really thumbed his nose at a lot of people I'm some of the decisions he made i i yeah i think so i mean we can kind of get a little bit into the what people are saying um it's funny to me because on one side you have the uber fanboys who have just hated every single decision that has been made ever since they realized that the vaginas had taken over their star wars so in their mind so those guys you know these are the the same guys who are on reddit before the movie even dropped being like so if it's bad can we like sue to take over the <laughs> franchise N no I saw no. that bullshit. And just, <laughs> that, that was the moment. Remember when I, I DM'd you, you all with my uh, muted list? Yeah. yeah. I DM'd, for the listeners, I DM'd both of them with the list of all the, the terms and phrases related to Star Wars that I muted for the next 30 days. <laughs> That's what triggered that. Yeah. So I was fucking done. Those <laughs> folks were never going to be satisfied with however this movie ended. And it's always going to be, you know, if, if J.J. did a good job, quote unquote, according to them, then it was going to be like he cleaned up Star Wars. Um, and if he did a bad job, it's going to be like he caved to the SJWs or whatever. 
the I think the the part of the fandom that annoys me is actually on the complete opposite side. And it's the people of color. I love y'all. I love y'all. Y'all are my people. Hashtag representation matters. All of that. But the folks who are just determined to hate these movies because at the end of the day, the main character is the white woman. And those are the folks who are like, how come Finn doesn't get more screen time? They told us that Finn was going to be the Jedi. Uh, no one told so, you that bullshit. Look, look, no, they did. The the they're also Rose should have had a bigger storyline. All these things, and I just Jenna? and no. it's look. I get it. I want all the representation. I want all the people to have the big moments and blah blah. blah. The moment this franchise, from the minute we got to the end of Force Awakens, from the moment that they told you, Ray is the Luke of this story. Y'all had to let that go. <laughs> like, y'all either had to just decide to tap out. <laughs> Look, can I, say, can I say something real quick? Go ahead. go ahead. I have been into Star Wars since Star Wars dropped. So for, for I've been rocking with Star Wars for 42 years, too. Let me tell you something. At no point did I ever expect Star Wars to be an inclusive franchise. The fact that here recently has been more inclusive is a bonus, but it is not a feature that I ever expected from something coming from a white man's original fantasy. The, the original trilogy showed us that, the prequel trilogy showed us that. So when we got a Latinx leading character and a black leading character and an Asian leading character, and well, not, she wasn't even a leading character in part two, but I love her. I was like, these are bonuses. I appreciate it. I appreciate that the black guy of the original troop lived to the end. Usually he's the first to go. And Billy D said, not today, Satan. I, I'm 82. I'm too old to be dying just unceremoniously. I'm going to live to the end. So I get that representation amongst Asian Americans is Darth and amongst black people is Darth. But this is not the franchise to fix that problem for you. I, and that sounds horrible and it sounds dismissive and you can take it how you want to. But 40 years of these films has shown us that we are not the central feed. And I'm not saying we got to be satisfied with whatever we get. I'm just saying it was nice to see us in the roles that we got. And we're also out here making our own shit. So we can't necessarily rely on these white folks to make sure that we feel included. We got to do that for ourselves. Hollywood has already taught us that. And we're starting to do that. The, the Latinx community is doing it. The African-American community is doing it. The American community is doing it. Bollywood, they got their own thing going. I'm just saying, it, you got to stop. You got to stop looking to the white man to br bring you to the promised land. He has shown you he has no intentions of bringing you to the promised land. He's going to steal your shit from your own promised land. So you got to make your own. I have spoken. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, you, you, you put it, you could have, you put it about as good as you could put it. Um, I mean, I think people need to take a step back. And again, I know this sounds dismissive and it sounds wrong and it, it and it's generally not the stance that I take with things. But I, since everybody has Disney, Disney Plus and I've been encouraging everybody to uh, watch the Clone Wars, 
I think everybody needs to take a step back and watch the Clone Wars and think about how all, how all the alien uh, races are ethnic stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Especially the as the, much as I love Hondo, Jesus fucking Christ. Especially the banking clan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I, I know it's hard to hear. We're moving in a in the right direction. Just be patient, but. Right now, with Star Wars in general, you know, and not just with the movies where we've had more people of color in 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 more prominent roles, we're starting to get it get people in more prominent roles behind the scenes. Where the second unit director was a black woman. Um, if you look at the the materials outside of the movies, um, the the books and the comics have been written predominantly by marginalized people, be they women, be they LGBTQ, be they Latinx, be they black. Um, You know, I I think Star Wars is making some strides. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so, again, I hate hate to be the one to say this, and I said the same thing about Marvel um, in the early days of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's coming. You know, when you have people that say that that this is a priority for them, and Bob Iger has said that this is a priority for him, um, you know, and, and a number of people in Lucasfilm have said this is a priority for, for them. Um, y- you know, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let things happen. I think five years from now, just like with the Marvel universe, Star Wars will look a lot different. And I, that's just I I hope and that's what I truly believe and we'll see yeah I think I get it that first poster for Force Awakens show like Finn holding a lightsaber or whatever so people were like he's the Jedi he's the lead and then you know they hit the people with the okie doke but like I said when you get to the end of Force Awakens I think they make it very clear this is Ray's story Ray's the Luke Finn, I'm going to put him in the Leia position, you know, mm-hmm. holding, holding up that end of the love triangle um, before we found out <laughs> Luke and Leia were brother and sister also. <laughs> and then you got Poe over here, you know, wheeling and dealing and, and, and playing fast and loose with the rules. He's clearly our Han. That's it. That's what they set up in that first movie. Like, that's what people were saying. It's just a, a redo of the original film because they set that up very clear. So when you set that up, y'all can't be mad. Like, I'm just, you can't be well, mad. Second movie, Finn went off and had his own little adventure. Just like, you know, Leia went about that. had her own little adventure. <laughs> like, I just... I'm sorry. And I'm going to say this just one one time. All these other little girls coming in here looking at Finn. Finn has two people, okay? He is partnered. (laughs) Oh, we going to do this now. Okay? Oh, we going to do this now. He's always going to be third and fourth place in his heart, okay? They acted like Finn didn't get a whole ass promotion to general. Come on. He's important. His strategy saved the day. Mm -hmm. Come on. Okay, 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 okay. I'm gonna I'm get with both of y'all. Okay, so I'm gonna start with I'm gonna start with Doc. Um, it, it's funny to me that the same people that got pissed off that Finn wasn't a Jedi were also the same people that diminished him throughout the trilogy mm-hmm. because the, the Force awakens through Finn. 
If Finn had not turned on the First Order, none of this would have happened. Mm-hmm. You don't have a movie. There is no movie. Mm-hmm. He was he's the catalyst. And even in, and this is why I love the relationship that we had in uh, Rise of Skywalker, where he is he is the intermediary between uh, Poe and Ray. Because he that's what he was. He is the he is the first the prime mover for this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that when he met Jana, they had a conversation. And when they talked about how all the former f- first order stormtroopers dropped their guns, and he said, I truly believe I truly believe it was the force working through us. Mm-hmm. Which is the same thing I've been saying for, for what for four years now. Mm-hmm. You know, this he he is the story. Force sensitive. It's again the Leia out here. Like Leia is clearly force sensitive. Like all these things, he we have seen him wield a lightsaber. He's just not the fabled Jedi savior (laughs) the way Rey is. He doesn't have he doesn't have the training the way Leia didn't have the training. Mm-hmm. By the way, just a real side note, y'all motherfuckers thought that Luke went 30 years and didn't train his fucking sister. How simple can you be? <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Yeah, no, I mean, but so this was, I think, the fundamental one of the fundamental flaws of the original trilogy. And I love the original trilogy. Um, y- you know, so don't 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 come at me, nobody. All right. But I, the way that the Star not just the, the movies, but the way that all of the uh, um, expanded materials have quietly and subtly reframed this as not being Luke's story, but Leia's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Rise of Skywalker was the end cap of that. And they did it right with The Force Awakens by saying, because I'll push back in some ways and say, the story is about Rey. But it, I don't know that it's Ray's story. Mm-hmm. Finn started all of this. I think he was on entry into the story. Been the heart. To me, he's always been the heart of the whole thing. Right. Which is the reason why he also holds up the love triangle. Because he's the one that people gravitate to. He's the one that has the feeling and knows what to do. You know, like, basically, since we met him... It was like he had that moment of feeling conflicted and what do I do? And then the minute he made that decision that he was going to defect, he has always stayed true to that. Like, even when he has that, like, little moment at the beginning of Last Jedi where he's like, maybe I should run away because, like, I really, like, I kind of signed up for this, but I really didn't sign up for this. <laughs> like, but even that, that was still more about, Wanting to find him. Like, he signed up because he believed that what he was doing was wrong. And he found a person in Ray that he could trust. He is the person that we could be. Out of all of those, mm-hmm. uh, out of those three characters, he is the one that we could be. He is the accessible character. He is the one. Uh, he wasn't born. He wasn't the, the, the military equivalent of royalty like, like Poe was. Because both of his parents fought in, uh, at the Battle of Endor. Um, he wasn't someone who had the blood of a Sith Lord. You know, he wasn't destined to be a great warrior. He was somebody who made the right decision at the right time. And he struggled with it. And he struggled to find that medium, that median ground between um, 
holding on to your convictions and understanding there's a gray area in life, which is yeah. the, what he learned, which was why the, 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 the piece that everybody complained about with The Last Jedi was so important because it taught you that there, it isn't necessarily that there is a good and an evil. You know, it's kind of like when uh, in the Harry Potter books where Voldemort says, you know, he doesn't say you make a choice between good and evil. He says you make a choice between what is right and what's easy or what's quick or what's most profitable. And that's who Finn is. (laughs) He's he's the person you you can be. So. He is the and that, that's the other thing that annoys me is that you know all the dude bros did all these umpteen articles about the redemption of of Ben uh, Ben Solo when the redemption story is right in front of your face. Finn is the redemption story. And okay, so since she brought it up, while I appreciate. You know, especially the scene with um, him and uh, Harrison Ford. While I appreciate, you know, Kylo making the right decision in the end and blah, 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 blah. I was sitting in that audience like, he's still evil, though. <laughs> like, like, we gonna forget. <laughs> like, that was, you know this what? man, like, went across the galaxy blowing shit up because he had daddy issues. And we just going, like, and he get a kiss? Mm. I, was that is, yeah, I was gonna call your card on that, because <laughs> that's what it's really about. How dare you? You just mad that Ray was cheating. How, how dare she? <laughs> Have we talked about the, the bounds of our relationship? Are we allowed to do this with the bounds of the circle? Were they rule? It. I don't trust it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so coming back to that part. Um, yeah, so Ray Finn and Paul are my uh, favorite unofficial uh, poly triad or V in all of fiction. Mm-hmm. Well, not in yeah. all of fiction because you are clearly not watching Sirens on uh, Freeform because there is a lovely little thruple in that. <laughs> okay, so I heard about that, and and uh, yeah, I think ultimately you're going to get me into watching that show, but I'm, I'm resisting it. I'm resisting it. But yeah, I'm sorry. I just was scrolling and saw Juwan, uh, troll of the show. I'm not even going to call him friend of the show. Troll of the show, Juwan. <laughs> <laughs> just finished seeing it, and he posted, "Movie was trash. Release the Rian Johnson cut." <laughs> I hate him I hate you too much I am 100% uh, uh, behind starting that just to troll people oh my god ask Jawan if we have his permission because I will do that dude I am 100% behind starting that just to troll people because I, uh, a doc caught me the other day being a dick on on Twitter when I said that I thought a uh, baby Yoda was a Mary Sue. <laughs> you know what was funny? He said it, and he said I saw that tweet like about maybe a few minutes after my son said it <laughs> that we and Ben were watching the Mandalorian, and so when the Mandalor when baby Yoda uses the Force to heal, which we see in the Return Rise of Skywalker, and I feel sorry for anybody who went in there like that's not. I was like, if Baby Yoda does it, yes, it is. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Baby Yoda changed all the powers. 
<laughs> he said, I think baby Yoda's a Mary Sue. I'm like, no, he's not. We just don't know the full reach of what the force can do. <laughs> but like I told you, learn new things about the force. <laughs> like I told you, your kid is being a kid. I was being a dick. Because <laughs> of course, he's a mythical creature. Of course, he's going to have mythical powers. Like, I was, I, mean, I was, I was, I was amazed by the number. Looks like a toddler. <laughs> what are we talking about? I was amazed by the number of people that like that responded to me. Was like, yeah, I think you got a point there. No, I don't. <laughs> <You're the dick. laughs> well, actually, if you look at it, <laughs> this is why, even like, even though I've seen it. Even though I'm going to go see it again, I still got them hashtags muted. I just cannot. <laughs> I just cannot with people. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's a lot. It is it's a lot. And there's a lot of things that, you know, the, the, the thing that annoyed me the most was what Doc brought up about the diet. It's like, come on, guys. Come on. Like y'all, y'all haven't seen the Clone Wars. Okay, I mean that's fine because um, no, it's not. You know what? I'm gonna say it. You cannot consider yourself a true fan of Star Wars unless you have watched all of the television and movie media based properties that feed into each other. I have spoken. At the very least, <laughs> the very least. <laughs> I have spoken. <laughs> I have spoken. Yeah, no. What I was gonna say is that like, because Vo- Moji kind of corrects me on this, and I and I appreciate it. You know, there are people who are casually into things. But here's the thing. Casual fans don't nitpick the way that people who consider themselves fan fans do. And so if you consider yourself a fan fan, especially if you approach me about it, don't get mad when I start bringing up canon. Because you brought that on yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like the when the She-Hulk uh, TV show for Disney Plus was announced and people were like... Oh, oh, here we go. Another SJW character. Now they're making the, the Hulk into a woman. And it was like, I'm not even was created. Wait, 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 wait. I'm not even a heavy comic book reader. And even I knew She Hulk was a comic book character. What the fuck? She, I, 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 I when I first saw that, I screamed out loud. She was part of the fucking Fantastic Four. What the fuck? Same people who are constantly trying to tell you that you know that you're that they know they know they know the heart of this source material. They know they know it. I was there. I was there when Stanley created the characters. Look, John's no more, no more than him. Fuck that. <laughs> uh. it's it's but yeah, that that annoyed me because it's like. That was right in the Clone Wars. And then the other thing about uh, the life force, um, being able to pass your life force to other people, like that has been a part of Star Wars lore since the beginning of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Jedi healers has been a thing since the beginning of Star Wars. Like literally. They... That's another thing that frustrates me when people try and uh, shit on Ryan Johnson because... What was great about, like, I remember when Last Jedi came out and reading his interviews and, and all the stuff that he was talking about. And he, like, this man knows his shit. 
He oh, is he, putting oh, it back absolutely. Like, the force is not supposed to work like that. He's like, well, actually, I re- and and if you actually knew how the force worked, you would know that this and this and this is possible. We just haven't seen it before. Okay, since we're on this now. Okay, so I actually tweeted this out because I immediately after I saw Rise of Skywalker, I went on my bookshelf and put the, pulled these books down and started looking through them. So there is a box set of books that came out right around the time Disney bought Star Wars and decided to reset canon. So they're in that weird kind of nebulous place where they're not really canon, but they're useful resources. And so it's it's uh it's a uh there's a, a collection of four books. It's um The Path of the Jedi, The Book of the Sith, um, The Bounty Hunter's Code, and the Imperial Handbook. If you are a Star Wars fan, or if you're someone that really wants to get into it, buy those books today. Ryan John- when Ryan Johnson uh, talked to that one person who said that uh, force projection was not a force power, he showed he took pictures of himself going to his shelf, pulling that book, the, the Path of the Jedi book off of his shelf, opening it, opening it up, turning to the exact page that says you can project uh, a Jedi's can project their image across the galaxy. So you knew where he was pl- plucking stuff from because I immediately looked and said, I have that book. OK, I see. OK, all right. I'm going to start looking through these books again. <laughs> and if you, I went through and looked at um, the, the Book of the Sith as soon as I saw um, uh, Rise of Skywalker. The stuff about Palpatine and how he was able to keep himself alive, they've ripped that completely out of those books. The more you know. Yo, and, and I mean, and even it goes so far as um, so there was a run of Darth Vader, um, the one that was by it wasn't by Karen Gillan, it was uh, by Charles Soule, where at the end of that run, it is it is it is strong strongly insinuated that that Palpatine is not the father of Dar- of Anakin Skywalker, but he somehow manipulated the Force in order to impregnate Shmi Skywalker. Mm. In the in the book of the Sith, there are notes from Darth Plagueis, the wise, that says that he was able to use midi chlorians to create a zygote. Wow. That I I I just learned something. <laughs> okay, so more continued deep Jedi. Uh, lore and anatomy. <laughs> it, no, I just like I was just sitting here like, yo, this is crazy. So under the notes, because I, I have the page right here, um, Luke. So the, the the thing about the book is it's annotated by different characters throughout the saga. So um, Luke put a note down at the bottom of that page and says that says, and I quote. I can't help feeling a chill chill as I read this account by Plagueis, knowing that my father was known for his high midichlorian account, which was supposedly even higher than Yoda's. So even in this book, like Luke is like, hmm, yeah, something was strange about my father's birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Like, I didn't... The thing I've been fighting the most about is that, like, this idea that people think Lucasfilm does not know what they're doing. Yeah. Like, they don't know their own shit. (laughs) Bruh. They have a whole... They have a whole story group that is charged with pushing the story forward and checking the canon. Don't let uh, George Lucas's mishaps with the prequels fool you, is what this really comes down to. And it... So, like... 
it makes sense again because when we talk, like I said, when we talk about this film, we're not talking about just the culmination of a trilogy. We're talking about the culmination of nine films. So when you start thinking about it along those lines, you know, you have uh, Palpatine, his whole plan, he's like hanging on, clinging on to life because his whole plan is like, he's like, I didn't, I wasn't afraid of you taking me down. I wanted you to take my place. I wanted to groom you. So his whole thing is like, so if you think about even going all the way back to Anakin and like manipulating and the whole series, the whole thing we've been watching is about balance. And Mm -hmm. if you think of that, it's been manipulated since Anakin, like the force hasn't been balanced since Anakin came into the world. And I would even argue that it wasn't balanced before mm-hmm. because there were thousands of Jedi in two Sith. Yeah. And then you see this movie where there's like that whole arena full of Sith. Mm-hmm. So were there ever really two Sith? Yeah. Or also were, was there ever, cause now you have like one Jedi <laughs> and like a whole arena full of like secret Sith. And can we just real quick shout out to her Kyber crystal cre- creating a yellow glow? That's the yellow sabers are for guardians. Yup. Yup. I mean, it's so man, it's so good. It is so good. I'm, yeah, I'm so excited. I'm finally going to Star Wars Galaxy Edge in January. And I'm like, I just can't wait to buy my lightsaber and do the whole ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, and the other part is, um, yes, Ray's uh, lightsaber at the end has two emitters, mm-hmm. which means it's going to come so similar to Darth Maul's um, mm-hmm. double blade. Mm-hmm. Which is, which is, what I liked about it was that even though she was using Luke's for most of it, and then she was gifted Leia's, you do always feel like those are not meant for her. Mm-hmm. Um, well, a Jedi, a, at some point, a Jedi has to create their own saber. So, because yeah, because uh, yeah, the crystal that they it's like it's like um, going to Ollivanders yeah. at Harry Potter. Like you have to find a crystal that calls out to you. Mm-hmm. And like I just I I love it because she's also a beast with the staff. So you want mm-hmm. her to have a staff lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I mean, but if back to like if you go back to some of the stuff and again i think they're they're still trying to reestablish canon um and they're, they're doing a great job of it but if you if you go back to the um exegol when you go into when when kylo ren goes into um the chamber and sees all of the clones of snoke and um the machine that palpatine is connected to and you start to think about the sith steel everything like they are not above stealing you know destroying a group of people and stealing their technology and stealing their ideas like the very name sith does not belong to them they are dark jedi the sith were a group of people that they conquered and then they took their name and so you know you look at i looked at like the things in chamber everything was glowing green and it just immediately and again this may be just my mind overreact you know overacting but the green remind me of the night sisters who also had yeah. a skill for manipulating life force mm-hmm. you know 
they were he it was uh the the cloning technology from the Kaminoans. Mm-hmm. You know, the techno all of the technology that he used as a part of the empire, he was deploying to keep himself alive. Like he was literally stealing from everyone in order to keep himself alive. Yeah. Like this movie is deeper than just this trilogy, like you said. I mean, this is Dave. Look, I mean, there are things that I think I would have done differently. But like you can't once you get over seeing it the first time, because it is a lot to take in. Like you start putting the pieces pieces together and say and say and you have to say JJ wrote his ass off. Mm-hmm. I and I, it's to me it's the same way with Endgame when you're talking about the culmination of twenty plus movies, the amount of heavy lifting that goes into completing something like this. And yes, it moves fast. I'm so glad I read Resistance Reborn right before. I told you that book book is so good. Because just like, because it made some of the moments that, you know, especially for somebody like me, because I don't know all of the things. I don't recognize all of the people. Like, but, you know, having read that book, then when I heard certain names, I was like, oh, that's so-and-so. Like, or like when I would see certain people together, I'm like, oh, is that so-and-so and and -and so-and-so from the book? Like, it was super helpful because it is moving fast and you're trying to service so many stories and then there's like also just these little gems because people you you are throwing things to people who have read the books who have read the comics who have seen the cartoons um you're throwing all those little moments to them as well that's a lot and they put it in there they put in like you st- all that stuff you just they put in that stuff that most people probably have never read but then those people will say i'm a huge star war fan and they did everything wrong and it's like mm, no, they have all the shit to back up their stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, it was the same thing with with Finn, where everybody again, this really annoys me because people were so tight about him not being a Jedi that they completely marginalized him. Like they totally took away from 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 everything that makes him who he is. So I got to the point where people, when people criticized Finn, I started screen capping pages from the the run up to the Force Awakens, like books that I read. Where he was basically, he was Andrew Wigan. He was someone who was trained through exercises and through games to be one of the greatest stormtroopers ever. The problem was that he was too empathetic. He was too in tune with the Force, and that was that. You know, Phasma took him on a mission, and he couldn't execute a bunch of people in a union, and she put him to the side. Can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. What was he trying to tell Ray that he never got around to telling her? I I like that it was open ended. <laughs> was it like an invite to the threesome, like an official invite? I mean, <laughs> probably. That's probably. Where I was, that's really where I was going with it. I was like, so are we gonna profess our love? Now. Are we gonna say like officially, like come join this throuple, like? <laughs> You know, me and Poe over here having a good time going on adventures. We would like you to be a part of this. <laughs> no. Okay. So the end, uh, when they both hugged Finn mm-hmm. and then you saw them clasp each other's arms. Yes. That was it right there. I got so emotional because, okay, so 
again, we DM each other a lot. The whole time I was reading Resistance Reborn, I was DMing them like, oh my God, Poe is so thirsty. Uh-huh. <laughs> Poe is hella thirsty for Leia. I, I stand by that. For Leia, for Zuri, kept trying, even after yeah. the battles, he was giving her head now like, so can I get a kiss now? She's like, nah, dude. He's, he's so <laughs> Karen Russell's like, kisses for you. In the book, every, but you remember every that part was this is reborn with Leia. He's like, is Leia okay? Is something like should I should be by Leia's side? Leia this, Leia that, and I'm like, dude, you had sex with her once. We get it. You never got <laughs> <laughs> like a little puppy. <laughs> but <laughs> then the way he talks about Finn, he's always like Finn, and and he admires Finn so much, and he thinks he's so amazing. And then there's like points where he talks about Ray because he's like. He similar, like, admires her. And he's like, but I can't figure her out. And I want to figure her out because she's so close to Finn. And and Finn is so important to him that he wants to get closer to Ray. I was like, I I just, we're not going to come out and say it. We're not, okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're just going to skirt Yeah, Rebecca Roanhorse wrote that. Yeah, she wrote it. (laughs) <laughs> oh, remember that scene where uh that that uh uh, uh where one of, I forget who it was, the character's name, but she was an ex-imperial and she had the um she had the suits for them. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she gave him shit, called him out. Like, yeah, I knew that you were going to take Finn with you on this mission. Yeah, she she came over with two suits and he was like, "How do you know I was taking Finn?" And she's like, mm-hmm, "Okay." She's like, no, "Those are your sizes." <laughs> <laughs> You're like, who you who, who you fooling? <laughs> Have Finn looking dapper. Oh god, I wish they could just oh Finn was looking Yo, so was good. Tied every, teaching them how to tie tie. Oh my god. <laughs> they had a scene in Resistance Reborn where Finn Poe comes in and Finn has like torn up the room and you're and you're like what's going on like why is he so upset and you realize it's because he doesn't know how to tie his tie because they don't teach you that in stormtrooper school how to tie a tie and he's frustrated and so they have this scene where Poe is tying Finn's tie and I was like so we're just gonna act like this is not a sex scene. We're just gonna. <laughs> no, look, it did not tell. Again, we DM, DM each other entirely too much. <laughs> did not tell you to keep reading. I was like, <laughs> you guys, like the sexual tension you could cut with the. So yo, he was like, he was having a conversation with Ray, and Poe just had to ask, "Yo, so um, what's going on with you and uh?" Rose, um, so what's going on with you and Ray? <laughs> I mean, I just look. I'm just looking out for you. I'm just looking out for you, man. <laughs> look at looking out, meaning I'm just trying to see where I stand. And <laughs> <laughs> there's a scene where they like go to this fancy party, and Finn is just being adorable. It is clearly his first time at anything fancy ever. <laughs> He's eating all the fresh. He's eating all the fried shrimp. Uh-huh. With the I, shells on it. With the shells. Like, eating them wrong and shit. <laughs> like, stuff in his mouth. And, and Poe is absolutely infatuated with him. And I was like, this is so cute. So much. I was like, my soft space boyfriends. <laughs> no, but, but that's the thing that I love. because, And I know this... 
this had to be J.J. Thumb in his nose at the shippers, right? Because he intentionally left it open for you to interpret it any way you want it. I interpret it as they all going to get together on Yavin 4, Yavin 4 and have a lot of like, you know, Cadillac Latinx kids and just be happy. Mm-hmm. That's that's mine. That That's my thought. I'm so, I'm like, I'm so excited for it. I like, I know we probably never going to get the, you know, polyamorous Disney Plus spinoff on my dreams. But in my mind, enough fan fiction fodder for like the next few years. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, because I mean, so to answer your question, it's obviously I love you. <laughs> which is what which is what made Poe so uncomfortable with this conversation. Oh, so you're gonna have this conversation when I walk away, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Also, another clarification for the dummies in the nosebleed seats. No, Han was not a forced ghost. They made it very clear that that was Ben's consciousness appearing as his father talking to him. Jesus fucking Christ. people! Yo, so, okay, okay. So I got another one for this. So the Palpatine says that he's been the voice in, in um, Ben's head forever. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I want to know, so is he... So it's clear that he has been in Ben's head. Yeah. But I wonder if he was embellishing this a little bit because, and again, this is just me just like reading stuff um, from the expanded universe. So doc, I know you read master and apprentice. Um, I haven't finished that yet, but I did listen to Dooku. Did you go through that yet? I haven't been through Dooku yet. Okay. So I don't want to spoil it for you, but they get into Sifo Dias Mm-hmm. And so we know from the Clone Wars that Sifo Diaz was sort of mentally unstable. Yeah. Sifo Diaz had force powers that made him mentally unstable. You think Ben did too? I, I, if I were to take a shot in the dark, I, I really hope that they expand on some of this. And I know that there's, um, there's a comic run related to Ben and the Knights of the Ren. I haven't checked it out yet, but I will be soon. But they don't ever mention stuff like this in the expanded material, stuff like that in the expanded material for no reason. Right. So I wonder if Ben was just his, that he was so, he was in tune with the force in a way that, that, that made his, made him have visions that made him sort of, sort of like a schizophrenic. Yeah. And then you have someone who wasn't really who who was, Luke was a Jedi, sure, but Luke was a half-trained Jedi. Mm-hmm. So you got a half-trained Jedi training a child who's just not a regular Jedi, but someone whose affinity in the Force was beyond his ability to train properly. So yeah, because I mean that's he was, so um, he was trained, I'm sorry. but he was trained, but he wasn't raised. And then like, because honestly, the way it sounds is like Leia and Han were a little bit absentee as parents. So he was trained, but he wasn't really raised. And then the person he was trained by traumatized him. So I, like, as much as I can't stand the whole Kylo redemption thing, I completely understand his work as a character. You didn't like the redemption story for Kylo? I mean, I just, I, look, I'm a fan of villain villains. You can be uh, a straight up villain. I don't need you to be redeemed. Yeah, but this was never going to end with 
Han and Leia's son being the villain. Oh, yeah, I know. But I'm just saying, like, I just... You know, because with these types well, of I mean, movies... We, we knew that when he wouldn't kill his mother in the last movie. Yeah, and then also, I just feel like with these kinds of movies, it's always going to feel a little too fast for me, the redemption, because mm. it's a movie. You know, like, yeah. when... I'm the type of person, it's like the same way when I watch a TV show and they like break up a couple and it like takes like four episodes and they break up and it's like definitive. And then like two seasons later, they're like, how about we try it again? I'm like, no, <laughs> like I need, <laughs> I need like some definitive, like sometimes I'm just happy with things being like, it's done. It's over. That person cannot come back from this. Um, but it's fine. Like I, I knew it was coming. I hope all the little Raylo fans got their moment and feel vindicated. But whatever. so, <laughs> what made me feel fine about the the Ben Demption is that, um, and I, I tweeted this out a while ago. I didn't really want to get into it because I just have the energy. But there was a way to redeem him, and it was a way to redeem him in which he comes to 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 grips with who he is and what he's done, but it doesn't let him off the hook. Um, and so he he gives he sacrifices himself. He gives his the his force uh, energy back to Ray. He lets her live on. Um, then he dies, but he dies in an unmarked grave on a planet that no one will ever go back to. And when Ray goes back to Tatooine and she sees the Skywalkers, she doesn't see Ben. And I think that those are important elements to the redemption story, if you will. Like, I keep thinking about, like, the old saying, the wages of sin is death. Like, he does not carry on. He's given up that line that Ray, Ray is the Skywalker now. Yeah. What? I mean, yeah. I, I like that, you know, he doesn't get to live on and steal kisses anymore. Um kiss <laughs> him first. <laughs> thief. Kiss thief. I just yeah. I just mm, maybe it's also because that specific portion of the fandom, the Raylo fans, drive me crazy. <laughs> like some things I I dislike out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> what is okay so i let shippers just ship and i've always sort of taken it taken the raylo thing at a distance i have people that i follow that are just completely incensed by it and i sort of get their rationale for it but but why do you not like raylos um because i feel like a big contingent of the raylo thing didn't just come out of the story it came out of i'm not shipping this white woman with this black man okay that's what i thought <laughs> that's what i thought and that and 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 so uh there's another person that i shout out all the time of uh, a uh, fangirl fangirl sheen i think it is um that has talked about um how it's so it's interesting that Raylos exist and also Finn Poe shippers existed about the same time. And so it's like people were more comfortable with shipping Finn and Poe than shipping Finn with this white woman. Mm -hmm. 
and that's and why I ship the thruple. <laughs> and that's not, and you know why though? If Poe was a white guy, they wouldn't be comfortable with it either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And they didn't want, and 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 I'm sure they didn't want Poe to be shipped with Ray either. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, there's a big there. There's a big contingent of the like Raylo also who who are just like, eh, you just want her in this like threesome and da da da. And I'm definitely like, yeah, the reason you don't want her in that threesome is because it's two men of color. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yeah, people gonna people, fandom gonna fandom. <laughs> so enough about them. What was your favorite part of the movie? Um, so my favorite part, which is gonna be so little, but it was the part that made me go ah <laughs> in the theater, was just that moment when Palpatine is saying like, "I have been the voices in your head," and you hear James Earl Jones's voice for like that split second. <laughs> Oh yeah. I don't know why that was the moment for me, but I was like, I was like, Megan, Megan, Megan. And she was like, what? I was like, it's not theater. It's just so good. And she was like, <laughs> then we get all the voices in Rose's head with Qui-Gon and Yoda and, yep. and Young Ben and Samuel L. Jackson's voice yeah. was up in there. I was like, yeah, let's go. I stayed until after the credits because I needed to know who those voices, all the voices were. Mm-hmm. Master Luminara was one of the voices in Kanan. Yeah, one yeah. of the voices. I literally I heard it. I heard Kanan. Luminara. That's my girl. I know her voice. I was like, I wish I knew more because I know every single voice that we heard was significant. <laughs> but I cannot tell you every single voice that we heard. I just flipped out over James Earl Jones. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Paris? What was your favorite part? Oh, um, so I think one of my favorite parts is is the beginning. When um, uh, Kylo is searching desperately for for Exegol, you know he goes to to Mustafar. He fights the cultists. Um, he finds the this. I'm I'm just gonna call it a holocron. I know it's a it. holocron. They call it a wayfinder. It's a fucking holocron. A holocron. Yeah, <laughs> it's a holocron. Um, and then he 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 travels through um, the the unknown regions. And I just thought that that sequence that gave you the urgency for the entire movie. I thought that that was that was brilliant. I thought that was very well done. Cool. I won't lie. I have several, but my ultimate favorite part was when everybody was losing and Poe was like, I'm so sorry, my friends. And Lando comes through and the ghost is there. And every time we saw the ghost, it just me and Ben were like, there's a ghost, there's a ghost, there's a ghost. <laughs> and when it got more than one just little scene. It was in there doing the shit. I'm like, go, Jason, go. Go, Kanan's baby. Fuck him up. <laughs> The thing yeah, that so. got me really emotional was coming off of reading Resistance Reborn and having that moment in the book where, you know, Snap finally calls Wedge dad, which was I was, I I was going to get to that emotional, hello emotional. Yeah, oh, also the Wedge, yeah, because I love me some Dennis Lawson. But oh, then, yeah. but then McGregor's Snap uncle. I was like, what? <laughs> but then Snap oh. dies, and so I was like, oh shit! <laughs> I was like, he just yeah, yeah. I was super like, emotional when that happened because I was like, oh man. First of all, um, I, I was just mad. I was just really up. I'm not mad. Hurt. I was hurt that Snap Wexley died, right? Because I feel like I watched him grow up, like through the books, because he was in the aftermath. The, like the he was the central character of the aftermath trilogy with Chuck mm-hmm. Wendig. And then he was in the Poe Dameron comic. And then he's in Resistance Reborn 
which again, if y'all haven't read, if if y'all haven't read Resistance Reborn, that is the one book you need to read because it ties up so many things that they've been doing over the past few years and it does it beautifully. And the um, Poe Haldo thing was handled so well in that book. Yes, yes. Um, but oh, then thing, oh, sorry, go ahead. to see Snap die and then Wedge show up, I was like, God damn you. I know, you. I know. <laughs> God damn you, JJ. How dare you? I will also say... 42 years later, they finally gave Chewie his fucking medal, which they should have gave to him 42 fucking years ago. Mm-hmm. It's about damn time. <laughs> <laughs> that was Han's medal. It's Chewie's medal. He should have had one 42 fucking years ago. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> I have spoken. Okay. I'm not going to... Yeah, again, I'm not going to get nerdy with you. <laughs> Thank Give, you. Give my man his things. Look, Chewie went through it, and the fact that Chewie and Lando are the two last two men standing, last two mm-hmm. beings standing, they they really went through it. And I just all they friends. Mm-hmm. Oh no, 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 no. Actually, no, that was Chewie's man. Okay, all right. I'm gonna have to go back and look look at some things. Uh-huh. Yeah, are you finished? Are you finished? Yeah, that was that was Chewie's man. I'll give it back to you. All right. Um, any other last things we want to talk about before we get out of here? Look, if you, you've been spoiled, if you watched us, if you haven't seen the movie, don't take our word for it. Don't take the, you know, yammers on Twitter word for it. Just go see it for yourself. Enjoy it for yourself. It is entertaining. It is fun. Star Wars is an entertaining franchise. It It's not those... Uh, Dostoevsky? <laughs> yeah. wrote that thousand page book? And even that book wasn't even that good. People just said it was good because it was a white man who had the patience to write a thousand pages. But the point is, <laughs> I, look. enjoy it. Just enjoy it. If you're a casual watcher, you enjoy it. If you're a so-called fan and you don't enjoy it, then you're probably not a true fan. If you're a true fan and you did enjoy it, but you have some issues, that's okay too. It's okay to have issues. I, that's why I said I enjoyed it, but it's still a but for me because you can tell they had to scramble to fix what was lost when we lost Carrie Fisher. By the way, I bawled when she died, when she was on screen. I bawled when she died. I almost had to leave the theater when Chewie heard she died and lost his shit because I lost my shit again. <sighs> The most emotional scene for me related to Leia was when when they revealed that she did finish her training. Yes. And it, and it wasn't that I didn't think that Luke taught her things about the Force. Um, the, the Like the expanded universe sort of addressed it in a sort of sideways way where it was like it was really hard for her to to take on the role of the Jedi because of her father. Mm-hmm. Um or her biological father. And, and, and they really put into perspective over the course of these novels the sort of the deep conflict she had with knowing who her biological father was and how she did not want to take, um, didn't want to follow in his footsteps, which, again, made it so much more powerful for me when she hugged Ray and said um, something to the effect of, don't be, don't, don't be afraid of who you are. Yeah, she wasn't talking about Ray, even though she knew that Ray was Palpatine's grandchild. She was mm-hmm. talking about herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all the suffering that she went through because her biological father happened to be the tyrant of the universe. Yeah, because like Luke got to be the hero, 
Leia mm-hmm. was the one who lost all of her 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 accolades and position. Like she had to, even though she was fighting against him, like people still are like you know threw that in her face. They threw her out of the Galactic Senate. Be she was supposed to be the chancellor. They threw her out when they when it when it became public knowledge that that Darth Vader was her biological father. She lost everything because of that man. Mm-hmm. And it was just so like I had I had accepted in my brain that Leia had chosen her calling, which was she was always a politician. She was always a free. Like that was who she was. And I had accepted that that was her calling. And, it, and to me, it made her, I think, even more important in my mind. Um, but it. But to see that she had finished her training and then that she had given it up because she knew what the future held, that was powerful for me. Yeah. Also, throwback for the Empire fans, Luke finally does it. He finally lifts the X-Wing out of the goddamn water. (laughs) (laughs) That was beautiful, too. That was beautiful. You saw a smile like, if Yoda could see me now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I'm completely with the doctor. Go see it for yourself. Go judge it for yourself. I can't believe you're listening to it. If this, if you haven't already seen it, if you have already seen it, you're listening to this, probably go see it a second time because there's just so much in there, um, you know, and whether you're a casual fan or not, you're going to enjoy it. But, you know, knowing all of the the deeper stuff that's happening is super helpful. I'm one of those people who goes sees it. And then I'm like, I'm on Wikipedia. I want to know all of the things. <laughs> so yeah. And that's the thing that I hope comes out of this. Like I, people are going to have their initial reactions. I had my initial reaction where there were some things that just didn't sit right with me. Go see it again. Go see it again. Now that you've gotten all of your, your critical, your, your critical brain has fired off. I do this a lot with, things that I'm passionate about because I generally don't like sequels. Like I, I, because even though I try not to do this, you know, you, you're going to have your own little cannon in your head. And so when you see something like a force awakens or last Jedi, it's always fighting against the cannon in your head. Once you get that out of your system, go see the movie again. Then go to Wikipedia. Then didn't watch some episodes of the Clone Wars, then watch Rebels, then pick up one of the books or some of the comics and read it. Just give it some time and let it simmer and 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 then start looking to find those connections. Cause that's the best part. For if you're a fan, like going to see this movie should stimulate you to be all Star Wars all the time. Like that is what fandom is. It, you know, you see something and it makes you want to dig deeper. It get, it gets you passionate about it. It makes you a kid again. You just, you want to know everything. Um, I guarantee you, if you let it simmer and then you start going back to square one and just going through the lore and all that kind of stuff, it, it, you'll see the connections. You'll see the movie in a different light. I'm not saying you're going to like it, but you'll, I think there, you'll appreciate it a, a little bit better. You'll see it in a different, from a different perspective. And that is that on that. <laughs> oh, and we got permission to use release the Johnson cut. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Mess. Mess. Um, so we probably won't be back until after the new year with Crisis, uh, finishing up the last two episodes of Crisis. 
and then we'll be back to reviewing Supergirl. Um, I think Cloak and Dagger is done, but I know they're on one of the episodes of Runaways. I haven't gotten started on Runaways yet, but the whole season dropped on Hulu. Um, so maybe we'll come back and talk about Runaways a little bit. Um, also, I'd love that. Um, <laughs> I need everybody to chill out all of the changes, all of the canceled shows. They're going to come back in some form. I do not doubt. Like, some of these castings have been too good for them to not bring them back in some way. So hold, hold fast. Hold fast and steady while Disney Plus and Marvel and all of that restructures and gets its stuff together. So, Parrish? No, I was just going to say I would love to talk about Runaways. Um. I need to go back and rewatch the third season. I was a little bit distracted. Um, so yeah, whenever you want. Yeah. I'm going to tap out because I just, I don't know why. Maybe I, I just haven't been able to get into it. Like I didn't fin. I was almost done with season 12. I'm just like, you know what? Um. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Um, also sometimes it's just the timing of things. Like sometimes things drop and you're like, this not, this is not the time. I'm just not into this story right now. And then, you know, so you never, you yeah. Know. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. That's where I was with Watchmen. Like, I, I watched the first episode and it blew me away, but it was like, I don't have the mental capacity to, to deal with this right now because I know it's going to be, it's going to be deep. And so I was like, all right, let me, I'm going to take, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you guys do it here. Um, I'm gonna let the family go ahead and watch it and talk about it and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just gonna wait a little bit. I might, you know, go back and reread Watchmen, and then I'm gonna sit down and binge it. But you know, sometimes you do need to take a break from things, and sometimes it's just not for you, or it's just not for you at the moment. Yeah. So you know, we'll we'll come back, and there's all there's always something new. There's always something new, something I always want to talk about. So. You know, we'll see what the future holds, but definitely we'll be back for Crisis and Supergirl in the new year. Um, I hope everybody has a happy holidays. Take this time to, you know, get some rest, get caught up on the myriad of things that are out there to watch. Um, and we will see y'all in the new year. Bye. Peace.